In Matthew 1, um, this is the story of Mary in verse 18 through 21 being with child. And um, I call this sermon gift of Christmas. And you're going to wonder why I didn't put a plural S because uh, uh, everything that we received from God came in one gift. And uh, you'll see it. And that God's gift just keeps on giving. You know, when God gives you something, did you know that it's just not just done? You know, have, has anybody here have a real old smartphone? You ever had an old smartphone? And, and, and it's like six years old or seven years old. Uh, I, you know, I can't believe you still have an iPhone 4. Like, you know, it doesn't work, right? Everybody upgrade. But with God, when he gives you something, it's always growing. You know, God only made the oak tree one time. He only made the apple tree one time. He only made the almond tree one time because that one tree kept giving seed to grow other trees. He only made two human beings. See, we keep giving. Some of you are pregnant, I heard. So anyway, <clears throat> Lord, we thank you for this word. Bless it. We are mindful that your word never changes. Bless the listener their mind that we may, they understand, their hearts that we may receive, and their ears they may hear in Jesus' name. One of the first things that uh, um, uh, Christmas allows us is in Matthew 1. It says, Now the birth of Jesus was, was followed after his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him. Anytime you read the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord represents a messenger. You know, uh, uh, every time you uh, read about a, uh, uh, the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord is a messenger to give God's word to someone. You know, today, uh, you ever hear the scripture uh, that we uh, may entertain angels unaware we used to think that, and it's this supernatural being, and it can mean that, but it also can mean that God uses a person that you are sitting next to to give you a message of encouragement. Has anyone here ever have received a prophetic word? Yes. You know, uh, I remember uh, my brother-in-law, actually, he's sitting here, and uh, for some reason it dawned on me. He said, man, I know, even when we were first friends, he said, I know, even 20-plus years ago, he goes, I know that God is going to use you. You're going to be the most success you ever be preaching his word. And I used to think, I said, man, I just want to be a businessman. And, he, you know, and, and yet he's sitting here today, and I see that word came true. That word, that word that came from God. One of the things that Joseph was dealing with, and maybe that's you, and that he was in the midst of turmoil. Here is this woman. Could you imagine a, a man, a young man, and, and he is uh, betrothed to this uh, young lady, and she came up to him and said, Honey, um, I have something to tell you. Okay, what is it? He goes, uh, I was visited uh, uh, by the messenger of God, and I'm pregnant. Um, what? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Say that again. That um, the, God told me that I'm going to be pregnant and that I'm going to carry the king of glory. Uh, okay. Uh, and God told me that he is going to be the savior of the world. And I can imagine Joseph thinking, wait a minute. 
uh, um, I know I didn't marry a crazy woman. Or I know I'm not going to marry someone that's crazy. And in his mind, and there are some of you and I have been through this situation. Have you ever been through a situation where you don't know what is going on with your life? You, you know, Lord, I don't understand this. No one in my family has dealt with this. No one that I know has gone through the situation that I've gone through. Has anybody been there? Uh, and this was Joseph. Could you imagine? He is the son of David. He is the lineage of David. And, and everyone in his family said, boy, you better get rid of her. You know, uh, boy, you better get rid of her quick. She is, she's probably, that, that, ain't, that is not God. She is pregnant? Are you kidding me? Are you sure you didn't, you know, got to know Mary before y'all got married, you know, biblically? And, and in his mind, in one hand, he loves this lady uh, named Mary. In one hand, he loves her. He believes her. She's a woman of character. He knows that uh, this is the one because uh, everything about him. But on the other hand, his mind, his flesh is fighting him, saying, it can't be, God. How can this be? How can this be? And there are many times in our life that uh, we don't know what to do. Uh, Joseph was in this, uh, this, this, this place, this crossroad. He doesn't know what to do. Has anyone ever been there that you don't know what to do? But you know what? Christmas came, and during this time of Christmas, one of the first gifts that you and I get when the angel or the messenger of God, that's why when you go to church, the messenger of God, the messenger, the preacher, whoever it may be, the first thing they should remind you is reassurance that God has got a plan. First thing in the gift of Christmas is reassurance. Reassurance. Look at here, uh, reassurance that, that Joseph got reassurance and that, that what is happening to his future was of God. Some of you might think, say, Lord, where's my future? I, I'm about to retire. I'm getting old. And, and, and uh, what about my children? You promised I dedicated them when they were little babies. I dedicated them while they were in their mother's womb. What is going to happen? See, this was Joseph. He said, Lord, this woman was my future. You just messed it all up. And he, did, he couldn't blame God, but he was thinking in his mind, God, is this really you? Has anybody here ever been in that situation where you don't know it's really God or it's just really somebody telling you? Have you ever taken a situation, put in a situation where you don't really know if it's God or not? If that the decisions you make is really God. He had to make a decision. He didn't know the decision he was about to make was God. But when the messenger of God came, which was the angel, he reassured him, hey, Joseph, it's okay. You know, some of you today, I want to tell you like this, it's okay. God is in the control. God has his hand on you. Joseph, you're not going to mess it up. Joseph, it's okay. Some, some of us need that reassurance to be able to stand in the midst of turmoil. Some of us need to be able uh, to have reassurance so that we can have the courage to stand for what is right. Could you imagine as she was six months, seven months, her belly's getting big, and, uh, and people are saying, um, hey, brother, you, 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 you know, when's your wedding? I mean, did you have a wedding? You didn't invite me? I'm your own brother. No. 
He goes, no, she's pregnant with the Lord's child. Like, what? Seriously, people, when you listen to this, it's hard to believe. And this was Joseph, but Joseph had the reassurance. So at the time of Christmas, God is reassuring us that he has a plan for our life and that everything is going to be fine. We just have to believe in his word. Why else would you come back to church? Why else would God keep uh, reminding us that, you know what, what is happening in your life is God has a plan. You might not understand it. You might not have a way to explain it, but God has a plan. He is reassuring us of our salvation, that he is able to not just save our soul, but he's able to save us out of our situation. See, that's reassurance. Anybody here, sometimes we need reassurance. When my, well, even now, I, I, have, I have a teenager, and, and she needs reassurance. I'm about to have two here in January. But she needs reassurance, even though she is 16, even though she has her own mind, even though she's intelligent, even though uh, she understands right and wrong, but she still needs her father's reassurance that, baby, everything is going to be okay. So at Christmas, brothers and sisters, one of the gifts that God is giving you is reassuring you that he has a plan and a purpose for you. Keep living. Keep moving. You know, I heard a person say that to be a leader, it takes courage. Right? It takes courage to be a leader. It takes courage to stand up. It takes courage to be able to not go with the blowing of each wind and opinion. It takes courage to stand up for what is right. It takes courage to fight for those that can't fight. It takes courage to fight for those that cannot speak. It takes courage to go against the grain of society because it's easy just to say, you know what, I give up takes courage. The second thing the gift of Christmas gives us in Matthew 2 13 is now when they had departed, behold the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, arise, take the young child and his mother and flee to Egypt. The second thing at Christmas you get uh, with uh, the gift of Christmas is guidance. See, not only does God provide reassurance to Joseph, Joseph uh, Mary's really pregnant with the king of glory. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. Right? Uh, she's really got, she's really carrying the Messiah. Oh, oh, okay. It's good. It's all good. Just take her to be your wife. It's going to be all right. Oh, okay. The second thing is now that he was reassured, the second thing is now he has a baby, the child. And now everybody's trying, the king is trying to kill the child. You know, some of you uh, uh, have promises that God has given birth to, but everything in this life is trying to kill it. There are some promises in your life that uh, the world and my life, that, that while we're like, Lord, uh, I remember thinking about this church and said, Lord, uh, you gave birth to this church and I've got this, we've got this baby and everything is trying to kill this baby. What am I supposed to do? And God begins to give Joseph direction. There is guidance and direction, and that is one of the gifts of Christmas, is God actually will give you direction and guidance to what to do. He told Joseph, Joseph, pack up your stuff, man, and go to Egypt. He goes, yeah, the people trying to kill your, your baby, uh, 
the one that is the Messiah trying to kill. Go to Egypt. There are some of us that have things that God has given to us, and we don't know what to do. We think it's going to die out. But what we need to do is cry out to God and ask the Lord to send an angel because every time the angel was sent, um, there was a purpose. That's why the message is in your life. That's why when you go to church, you should hear the messenger of God give you uh, uh, sermons that help you, reassure you, that guide you through his word. You can't do it yourself because if Joseph knew what to do, he would have been to Egypt by himself before the angel came. He didn't know what to do. He didn't know where to go. See, when God gives you direction, he gives you provision. When he gives you vision, you know, we have the old saying with preachers, when God gives you a vision, he'll give you provision. Right? That's an that's a easy saying. God gives you the vision, he'll give you provision. And there are some days I was like, Lord, give me some more provision, please. Right? But he gives us guidance. The second thing is he gives us direction. There are times in our life, just like Joseph, he needed reassuring that what's happening to his life, his future, he doesn't understand. Maybe there are things. The second thing is when the promise of God had came, he didn't know what to do because everything was trying to kill this baby. And the angel of the Lord says to him, here's the direction, you go to Egypt. And even when he stayed in Egypt, the angel appeared to him again and said, the people that is seeking to kill the baby, kill Jesus, is dead. Get out of Egypt and go live in Nazareth. And Nazareth is where Jesus grew up. I've been to Nazareth, actually. I've been there. It's rocky and mountainous and hot. The third thing, the gift of Christmas is, I only have like, 12 things. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Is that God gives us a plan. Here in Luke chapter 1, or he gives us a plan of his purpose. How I would put this is in Luke chapter 1, 11, there appeared unto him the angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. This was, this was John the Baptist's dad. And this was what's really messed up about it, is he was a priest. He was a man of God. He was working in the temple. And the Bible says that him and his wife were blameless and they kept the law of God. They were perfect. And yet they had no children. They had no offspring. Because in the old days, unlike today, uh, uh, women that didn't bear children uh, uh, were looked upon like there was something wrong with them. We don't see that as much today as those times. Right? Because there are now uh, people that are married and don't want children. I, I met couples like that. They, they don't want children. And, and, and that's on society. That's what happens. But in this time and age, that women that didn't have uh, 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 children looked upon as a curse. And here, the Bible says that while he was in the temple doing his duty, the angel of the Lord appeared to Zacharias. And he says, wow. And the angel says, don't be afraid. I'm the messenger of the Lord. And he says in verse 14, and you will have joy and gladness and will rejoice at John's birth. You know, sometimes as we get older, we think that God has forgotten his plan on our life. And at Christmas, it's a reminder that God hasn't forgotten us, that he has a plan 
that there is a purpose. Did you know the Bible says that uh, uh, um, when Zacharias heard this, the angel, you know what he said? He goes, how can this be? For I am an old man. And this, he was kind of smart, too. And he goes, and my wife is advanced in years. She didn't, he was smart. He didn't call her old. <laughs> he just said she's advanced in years, but I'm old. That's a smart husband. Right? What are you talking about old? Right? And, and yet, here he is. He's still faithful. And he thinks that his life and his purpose is done. That, that uh, whatever he's done, his legacy was going to stop right then and there because he's old. His wife is advancing years. But God has a plan. At Christmas, God reminds us that no matter how far we've ran, no matter how far we've fallen, no matter how old we are, God still has a plan and a purpose because as long as you and I are breathing, God still has a plan and a purpose for our life. That's why in a church, we need the older people, and we need the, uh, the young couples, and we need the young families, and we need the little children and the youth. That's why in church, that if you are still going and you're still breathing, God still has a plan and a purpose for your life. You're not too old, Mom. I tease my mom because she's 81, 82 now. And I said, Mom, you're still breathing. You're still moving. You, God still has a plan. There is still life in you. Don't just retire and then what? No, don't retire from the work of God. Don't retire. Say, God, you promised me. And if you promise me my children, if you promise me that I have my offspring to carry on the legacy of the priesthood, then you must fulfill it. And here we see Zacharias and his wife Elizabeth waiting a long time. And he said, huh, huh, how can this be? And he was very wise because he didn't put, because he was a priest. And I'm going to teach you some revelations. Some of you in my church know. But he said something. When God talks to you and God visits you and he sends a messenger, do not say, it can't be, I'm old. Zacharias didn't do that. Because the moment he did that as a priest, it would have been a statement. And that statement would have been written in the spirit, and it would have canceled out everything God was trying to do. Okay? He was very smart. He said, how can this be? So instead of making it into a statement, he asked a question. And a question is not a statement. So as a priest, every word that he speaks becomes the law in the spirit. That's why as believers in Christ, be careful because the book of Proverbs says that death and life is in the power of the tongue. Be careful that God is trying to use you and say, no, I'm too old. Oh, you're done. <laughs> Don't say that. Goes, Lord, how can this be? I am advanced in age and my husband's old. You've got to ask the question instead of put a statement. Ask a question. Oftentimes, people think it's wrong to ask God questions. Why? It's okay to ask God questions because we are his children. Anyone here have children? Don't children always ask you questions? Especially when you don't want to buy them anything? Why? Why, Daddy? You don't have any money? Are we poor? We're not poor. Stop saying that. Even if I was rich uh, more than today, I still wouldn't buy it. Right? They always have questions. Children are allowed to ask their parents questions. Brother and sister, I want to tell you today, you are allowed to ask God questions. It's okay. All right? People, there are some people that teach us, oh, don't ask God any questions. He's God, man. He's God. Why not? I'm his child. 
I let my children ask questions. God doesn't get offended because you ask him a question. Ooh, God's so scared. He won't answer you. Why would he do that? You're his child. I would answer my children. The fourth thing in Luke 1 and 2, you got it now? There's reassurance. There's direction. God has a purpose and a plan. He re, he, no matter how old you are, no matter how young you are, no matter how uh, uh, inexperienced you think you might be, no matter if you have high education, low education, no matter if you have lots of money or no money, no matter if you are uh, 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 can't speak this language, can't speak that language, God has a purpose and a plan. The fourth thing is in Luke 1, is there is favor and you are blessed. Now in, the, uh, in verse 26 of Luke 1, it says, Now in the sixth month of the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to, man, to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Not all, now, when the angel visit, the messenger of God, when they're speaking, they should remind you that you have the favor of the Lord. You know what favor is? Is another term? It's grace. It's grace. That means God's grace is upon you. That means God's favor. The word favor and grace is the same in Hebrew or in Greek. It, it is often interchanged. The word favor is often interchanged with the word grace. The grace is often interchanged with the word favor. That means that if I have the grace of God, that means I have his favor. That means that if I have the grace of God, I am his favorite. I don't know about you, but I am his favorite. I, often, I heard a, a, a preacher say one time, he said, uh, 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 a pastor of a very large church, he said someone came to him and said, Pastor, what is your favorite food? He goes, man, I really love Mexican food. And he goes, really? He goes, is that your favorite? Yeah, I think it's my favorite. He goes, and the, and the person asked the pastor, the pastor, what about Italian? Oh, I like Italian. Oh, that, he goes, what about Chinese? Oh, I can eat Chinese all day. Right? And, and you know what the word favor means? It means uh, uh, one who has put their notice on something. So when God says that you and I are favored, that means his grace is on us. That means his eye is on you. I like that when God's eye is on me. That means I'm his favorite, that he is mindful of what I'm doing, what I'm saying, how I'm living, that he's mindful that I don't fall in the pit, uh, that he's mindful that I'm healthy, that he's mindful that I am happy. I have grace. You have grace. Say to yourself, I have favor. I have grace. I'm God's favorite. I don't know about anyone else, but I'm his favorite. You've got to say that. I am God's favorite because his grace, his favor is on you. He goes, yeah, I don't deserve it. That's why it's called grace. That's why it's called grace. If you deserve it, it wouldn't be grace. Oh. Two more. Next thing at Christmas, the gift we get is joy. Look at Luke chapter 2, and there were, in verse 8, there was the same country shepherds by in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were so afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, 
which shall be to all people at Christmas. The gift is great joy. Don't mope around. Don't be sad. That's why when you walk around, you see the decoration. Everybody's dressed up good. I'm glad you all got the memo about wearing red. It's awesome. Okay? You should have great joy. Great joy should come in your life. God wants you to be happy. You know what? We are too serious as Christians. We come to church, we're like, uh, it's Christmas. Uh, buy a humbug. Uh. I'm like that too, especially when it comes to the shopping part. Every time my wife and kids say, Daddy, we're going shopping, I just, my wallet just goes light. I might as well just hand it to them. Right? But at Christmas, we are supposed to have great joy because the gift of Christmas is happiness and joy. Everybody sees a baby. I've never seen a person around a baby and they're not happy. It's probably the father that's not getting a lot of sleep, but I'm just saying. Right? When, you, when, a, person, when a person holds a baby, they're, they're making noises that, you know, you, you see a, a grown man who, who's in a nice suit and he holds his, his grandchild or he's holding his child or he holds a little baby and he's a whole oh, baby, oh, he's making all these noises that he doesn't do. Right? Because why? At the birth of Christ, everybody's happy around a baby. There should be joy. You and I should have joy. Forget the sadness. For don't worry about it. Let God, God wants you to have not just joy, but great joy. See, that's the gift of Christmas, is that you and I should have great joy in our life. You know, because we've had a tough year. That's why I'm glad uh, Christmas uh, comes around every year towards the end. Because at the end, I'm like, Lord, let's send this year off on the right foot with great joy. Amen. Amen. I'm glad it comes at the end of the year. Because, you know, like anything, if you've ever played sports, the, the coach always say, okay, last ball, and it better be good. Because they want to end it on a good note. That's why Christmas is awesome in December, because at the end of the year, it is great joy to be at Christmas. It is great joy to be with people. It is great joy that God has given us a gift of great joy. If you are not joyous, if you are not happy, then you need to ask the Lord, Lord, I want this season to be my greatest joy. I know it's tough because some of you have experienced great deaths in your family. There are family members that's gone on with Jesus. I know that there are some tragedy and some things that have stressed you. I know your health isn't good, but you know what? God still wants to give you the gift of joy that no matter what the situation, God says, I come and give you good tidings of great joy. Get around a baby. Get around people that's happy. When you're feeling down, get around kids. You know, older people love to be around kids. It makes them feel young. I like to be around young people. It makes me feel young. I think I can still hoop like them. I cannot. But it still makes me feel young. The last things here that the gift of Christmas provides for us is peace and goodwill. You know what? You deserve peace. Not because of what you do, but it is because of who your father is. You know that in Luke 2, 13, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. 
You know what? You and I are children of Christ. We are the children of the Messiah. We should have peace. We should have joy. I know there's hurricanes. I know there's tornadoes. I know there's all kinds of craziness going around in our world. You know, I know, I know all the political things, all this crazy stuff. It doesn't matter. You know, at the end of the day, Lord, the only peace it matters is your peace in my life because you are the prince of peace. The gift of Christmas is not just about gifts of tangible things. The gift of Christmas is being able that God reassures you that he has your life in his hand. You have to understand that there is reassurance that he will give you direction for your life. Maybe right now you don't know what to do, but God will give you direction. Pray that God will give you direction. Then you know what? That God has direction and guidance for your life and for your children. That God has a plan, no matter how long it's been, God still has a plan. You know, about a year ago, I got a phone call from a friend of mine that I've been praying for almost 25 years. I thought he would never get saved. He was crazy. I mean, he used to cuss every other word. He was crazy. When we were in college, he had a girlfriend almost every week, if not every month. He was just crazy. And he was a good guy. He treated me. But one day, I get a phone call out of the blue. I haven't spoken to him in years. I went to his wedding many years ago. I get a phone call, and he said, hey, bro, how you been? I said, yeah, hey, man, how are you? He goes, man, your name, I was doing my devotion, and your name came to my mind. I'm like, wait, 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 time out. Go back. You said the D word. <laughs> devotion? Wait a minute. I said, do you know what devotion means to a believer? He goes, yeah, I do. Tell me about it. He goes, I gave my life to the Lord a year ago. What? See, God has a plan, even though we think that it's been 25 years. God still has a plan, even though we don't like it the way it's happening. But God still has a plan. God has a plan for Joseph, even though he had to go to Egypt. God had a plan for Joseph, even though he had to go and live in Nazareth. God has a plan for your life. And that favor and grace is on you. You know what, I'm so glad that favor and grace is on me. That I, don't, I don't have to be perfect. God is perfect. I don't have to be perfect. And because he's so perfect, he is not swayed by what I don't do right. He's not swayed by what I do right. He still lets the sun, the Bible says in Matthew, that the sun still rises on the evil and the good, and it still rains on the just and the unjust, that I am so glad that God said that I'm his favorite. That grace is on me. That grace is on you. Isn't that wonderful that the king of glory, the king of the universe, created everything we see and don't see, that he says, I have favorite people. That's my children. Don't mess with my kids. Let the bear come out. God says that you deserve great joy. You know what? Joy is something you can't explain in here. You know, you can buy a shirt and it bring you happiness for a moment. You can eat some nice food and say, oh, that made me happy. But joy is something unexplainable in the midst of chaos. And you deserve peace and goodwill. That you know what goodwill towards all people means? That wherever you go, people just like you. You know, I teach my kids this one thing. 
So wherever you go, whatever person you meet, you want to put in your mind that you're an addition, an asset to their life, that you're not a liability. You know that you and I, as believers in Jesus, we are an asset. We are an asset to people around us. That's why in the beginning, I had you hold somebody's hand or put your hand on their shoulder, and I said, this person I'm touching is a gift, right? Because you know why it's a gift? It's because you have value. And you know why you're a gift? That means that no matter where you are in your life, that you are an asset to the person that's around you, that your job, they are blessed because you are working on that job. They are blessed because you are the light in that job. They are blessed because you're an asset and not a liability. I don't want to be a liability. I want to be an asset. I want to be a person that when people think about me, they said, man, I'm so happy. I am so glad he's in my life. That when I'm around him, he just makes me happy. When I'm around him, just gives me encouragement. When I'm around him, my faith is stirred up. When I'm around him, he brings me joy. When I'm around him, he is so encouraging. When I'm around him, I feel so much more passion for God. You need to make it in your mind that I will never be a liability. I will always be an asset. Let us stand.